It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It was the voice of Ian Fitzsimmons on with the game night guys, Q Myers and Emmett Golden, who follow us here on ESPN Radio. But no voice of Ian Fitzsimmons on Amber and Ian tonight. Instead, you get the voice of NBA champ Norris Cole, who's filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can find Norris Cole at PG30 underscore Cole. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. And Norris, we've got turkey, we've got stuffing tomorrow, and we've got mm-hmm. Packers Lions headed our way. 12.30 p.m. Eastern to kick off the NFL slate. Commanders, Cowboys, 4.30 tomorrow. 49ers, Seahawks will round things out on Thanksgiving at 8.20 tomorrow night. Let's get some betting help, though, for everybody looking to make a little cash in watching those games tomorrow. Anita Marks, one of the best in the biz, ESPN sports betting analyst, joining us like she does every week here on Amber and Ian. And Anita, thanks so much for joining us. Let's start with the first game. Packers at Lions. Lions favored by 7.5 in this one what are you doing with this game uh i'm I'm gonna do quite a bit with this game Uh, so first things first i'm gonna play turkey day teaser with all three favorites which means i'm gonna tease the lions down to one and a half i'm also gonna play the lions in the first half at minus four why well the packers uh they are 31st in first half Scoring. Meanwhile, the Lions, they put up 34 at Lambeau Field the first time these two teams met. They're averaging 30 points in the Motor City. It's Thanksgiving. It's Turkey Day. It's what they're about. And they finally have an offense that is just rolling on all cylinders. So uh, as for the Green Bay Packers, uh, they are 1-4 on the road. Jordan Love only completing 57% of his passes on the road with six interceptions. So the Stars line up really really, really properly for, again, uh, I'm going to use the Lions as a teaser, teasing them down to one and a half. I'm going to go team total over 26 and a half points. Uh, And I'm also going to play a lot on David Montgomery. I've got him over 14 and a half carries, over 66 and a half rushing yards. And not only do I think he's going to score once, guys, I think he's going to score twice. Mm. Now for what most will say the main game. The Commanders at the Cowboys at minus 13 and a half. What you have for that? Yeah, so again, this is going to be the second leg of my, uh, my Turkey Day teaser. And so uh, I'm going to tease the Cowboys down. Uh, you could have gotten this and teased them down to five yesterday. Now they're up to 13 and a half. So, um, so now, you know, that teasing number isn't as attractive. Uh, because now you can only tease them down to seven and a half, but I'm still going to use them as, as a teaser. Probably my favorite bet here is Dak Prescott, over 278 and a half passing yards. Dude has just put on a clinic the last few weeks. 300-plus yards in four touchdowns his last two games against Washington. Washington's pass defense, 28 in regard to yards given up per pass attempt. And they just are not going to have an answer for CeeDee Lamb or Cooks coming out of the, uh, the slot. And, and here's another thing about the Dallas Cowboys. They are like 
the meanest front runners where they just do not take the pedal off, off the gas. And especially this is going to be in Jerry's world and uh, no love lost there between Jerry and the commanders. So uh, this, this very well could be a butt whipping. Meanwhile, you, of course, as you know, you've got the commanders coming off a loss to DeVito, the third string quarterback for the Giants. So uh, I think Dallas rolls here big time. Yeah, Dallas looking for their 13th straight home win. Anita Marks, ESPN sports betting analyst, joining us here on Amber and Ian with Norris Cole filling in for Ian tonight. 49ers, Seahawks, your later game on Thanksgiving. 49ers, Anita, favored by seven points in this one. We think Geno Smith is likely playing tomorrow. Kenneth Walker is doubtful. Yeah, so um, let me just preface by saying if Geno Smith was healthy, I'd probably be with Seattle right now, and they're getting seven. I'd probably buy it up, which means I'd buy it up to plus seven and a half. I always like to get that hook when it's either seven. So probably what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take the 49ers, and I'm going to buy them down. So I'm going to take the 49ers minus six and a half. And, again, the big reason why, I'm with you. Like I expect Geno Smith to play. But do we really know what Geno Smith we're going to get? Is he really going to be able to go four quarters with that 49ers defense and how aggressive they are passing, you know, rushing the passer? So, um, and again, this is my third leg of that Turkey Day teaser. Well, I'll tease the 49ers down to minus one to complete that three-leg teaser. Um, and I'm also going to play Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown along with the 49ers winning. And you can get that at plus 110. So I'm going to play that a few ways. Again, again, you know, just prefacing, if Geno Smith was healthy, I'd probably feel really different about this game. But since we, we really don't know what Geno Smith we're going to get, I'm on the 49ers side here. What about the Dolphins? Minus nine and a half at the Jets. Yeah. Um... I would have thought wow, that where would be do I begin? Where do, where do we begin? Where do we begin with that one? Uh, I'm going to lay the points with the Miami Dolphins. They're just, they're rolling right now. And this is more importantly, like we know what we get from the offense with Tua and Tyreek Hill and Mostert and, and all the weapons and Mike McDaniel, who, who just always seems to call a great game. But more importantly, guys, uh, this, this Miami Dolphins defense is finally coming into form. The form that we were anticipating, I think, at the start of the season, considering Vic Fangio is the defensive coordinator. And so um, I think they're finally grasping what Vic Fangio wants them to do. And, of course, then getting Jalen Ramsey back has been key. Uh, You've got a a Jets team that they're going to be rolling out Tim Boyle. As horrible as Zach Wilson is, it's not like Boyle is even better I think they're making the change because they feel like they have to, or Robert Sala potentially could lose the locker room on the defensive side of the ball. I think they're grasping at straws right now, but I don't think Boyle um, is going to be any better than Zach Wilson. So I'll lay the points with the Miami Dolphins. Also, I'm going to go Boyle over one and a half interceptions. I think the Dolphins pick him up and pick him off at least twice. Uh, story of Tim Boyle's career in college and so far <laughs> in the NFL. Anita Barks, ESPN sports betting analyst at Dolphins-Jets game. 
comes your way on Black Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. So we have NFL all weekend. Anita, is there anything here from Thanksgiving, Friday, maybe coming up this weekend, anything that we missed? No, not really. Um, you know, that that obviously the, the Buffalo Bills-Philadelphia Eagles game, I think, is, is really the premier game following, obviously, the, the weekend, the, uh, the, the Thanksgiving uh, Thursday and, of course, the Black Friday. Um, I, 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 like, this Eagles team is just, they're just unbelievable to me. Um, you know, I, I know there, there's a lot of sharp money on the Buffalo Bills right now. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. So uh, I know that's going to be the premier game. It's at three and a half right now. Again, I don't like the hook. But, you know, if, if this does fall and uh, there's more money flowing on the Buffalo Bills side and this falls to three, then, um, then I would jump on the Eagles. Bills, Eagles, a 425 p.m. kick on Sunday. Finally here, Anita, what is your favorite side dish on Thanksgiving? <laughs> um, I was asked this earlier today. Um, I, I like sweet potato casserole, but here's the thing, guys. The marshmallows on top have to be like extra crispy even to the point where they're like like possibly like somewhat on the burnt side Mm. right so it's like not only is it crispy but it's like kind of like burnt brown Mm -hmm. you like your marshmallows well done yep there you go i I concur (laughs) i concur with that anita marks thanks anita Enjoy. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving, guys. Bye-bye. Thanksgiving. Thanks, you too. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian with Norris Cole filling in for Ian tonight. We have to get into tomorrow's NFL action. It is a big, big week and weekend in the NFL. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Turkey, stuffing, gravy. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Mmm. Mac and cheese. Super potato pie. Okay. Apple pie. I'm more of a pecan. I'm more of a pecan pie kind of gal. Pumpkin. Okay. Is it, Banana pudding? Is it pecan or Pecan. I'm, more, I'm a pecan. I'm a pecan kind of person. Yeah, pecan. Yeah. Pecan pie is my favorite. Pumpkin pie is okay. I'm not an apple pie kind of girl. Mm. My, my wife makes a pumpkin cheesecake. Ooh, that sounds interesting. That's sounds all good. I want. That's all I want tomorrow. So yeah. my favorite pie 
is key lime pie. So my mom used to always make a key lime pie on Thanksgiving, which is probably very Florida of us. I miss her dearly. I very much miss her key lime pie as well. That woman made a hell of a key lime pie. Amber and Ian, it's presented by Progressive Insurance. Norris Cole filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Favorite side dish, Norris. Favorite side dish. Oh, man. Favorite side dish. I would have to say Thanksgiving. the dressing and mac and cheese. So you're a dressing instead of stuffing kind of guy? Like you call it dressing? Yeah, I call it dressing. Um, See, I call it stuffing. Yeah, dressing. That's a regional thing, I think. Actually, it's hard because I like dressing, but I also like my mom's like green beans. She makes these like. Is it green bean casserole or just green beans? No, no, it's not green bean casserole. It's green beans, but the way she seasons them, it's not like, it's like any other I've ever tasted before. That sounds good. I could get down with that. I like green beans. Uh, I would say stuffing probably for me. It's my favorite side dish. What is your Mm. turkey preference? Are you a fried turkey kind of person? Deep fried. Right. Gotta, gotta, gotta deep have it deep fried. fried. If it ain't deep fried, I can't do nothing with it. Really? Deep fried? I think gotta. I'm a brined turkey kind of person. Uh, mm. But dark meat. I'm, I like the dark oh, meat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, moving okay. on. Anyways. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the NFL slate tomorrow. I knew that joke was coming. The NFL slate tomorrow. <laughs> Packers at Lions. The Lions are a seven and a half point favorite in this one. Nothing says Thanksgiving like Turkey and like the Detroit Lions playing football. However, <laughs> for the majority of my life, watching the Lions play football on Thanksgiving was rough. It was always the game that none of us wanted to watch, and we all watched it because it was Thanksgiving. And so, of course, but the Detroit Lions are actually good this season. And they're yes, they we are. just did real good or fake good. And, and they're actually real good, not fake good. This, I felt like they were fake good last season. I've taken a while to come around on Dan Campbell and biting kneecaps and believing in him more than just sound <laughs> bites. But the Lions, they're, they're a solid team. Yes, they are. And they're a solid team from the foundation. They have good offensive line play. They drafted well with the defense alignment from Michigan a couple of years ago, well, which I'm not supposed to say that because this is Ohio State-Michigan week. But they have great quarterback play. You know, I think Goff has uh, resurged his career playing in Detroit. He's somewhere that believes in him, found an offensive coordinator that can match his, you know, his talents. They run the ball well. And then they have a coach you know, that preaches excellence you know, and holds them accountable. And so – those are all recipes for having a good team. And, you know, they've proven it. Because I was like you. I wasn't a believer. I was like, they got to show me week in and week out. But, I mean, at this point, I'm going to go ahead and say they're probably the second best team in the in, NFC behind the Eagles. Uh, yeah, they're sitting right now at the top of their division. They're in an opportunity here to clinch their division for the first time since 1993. I mean, 1993 Ooh. it has been a long wait for Detroit Lions fans. Very Sanders. This, yes, to be able the to goat. see this Lions team on Thanksgiving actually playing for something, frankly. Now, last week was a weird one because you saw Jared Goff throw three interceptions uh, last yes. week, right? And And... The thing is with this Lions team is they play teams like we've seen them in situations where they play teams close. And last week, they're like, all right, they're losing this game. Then they come all the way back. Then they win that game. They're sitting at eight and two on the season. They've already beat Green Bay once. Mm -hmm. Green Bay, you know, listen, Jordan Love, he's not Aaron Rodgers at the same time. Right. A little unfair. (laughs) 
for us to expect him to be Aaron Rodgers, but he is coming off the first 300-yard performance of his career. He threw 322 yards and a pair of touchdowns against the Chargers on Sunday. I feel like the Packers are in a great situation for their young quarterback. Most young quarterbacks don't get the chance to develop. Most of them every week you hear about, up oh, is he good enough? Up oh, are they going to bench him? Up oh, what's going on? But with him, you know, he plays well, and that's good. When he doesn't play so well, there's no panic. It's like he knows he's the guy, and so he's they're living with his ups and his downs. And they have some decent weapons around him. They're young weapons, but he has some decent, decent weapons around him so that as he grows – their continuity grows. And so I think they're in a good spot. Even though they're not winning the way they probably want to win, for a young quarterback, I think he's able to play through his mistakes. And for me, as an athlete, when you're a young athlete and you can play through your mistakes rather than get benched or pulled in and out of the game, that does something to your psyche for the future. I would not want to be the guy who has to follow the guy. Oh, man. It's, it can't that's, be that's rough. I mean, now Jordan Love is at least in a position for some success. Like, he's been sitting there. He's been getting ready, unlike these guys that are just thrown into it. But when right. you're the guy replacing the guy, I mean, we were just talking about with the Steelers. Uh, Kenny Pickett cost Matt Cannon his job, right? Like, the lack of development. But also, Steelers fans are used to Ben Roethlisberger and all those years that they had right. with Big Ben before he started declining there at the end of his career. It is hard to replace the guy and be the guy who does it because unless you come out of the gate firing, which... They Most really people do. Don't. Right. There's going to be a letdown just because of where the expectations have been set for so many years. So that's what's happening there in Green Bay as well. Let's move on, though, to a quarterback who's been playing maybe like the best quarterback lately in the National Football League in Dak Prescott. We'll see him play tomorrow and Thanksgiving as well. Commanders at Cowboys. The Cowboys, a 13 and a half point favorite in this one. And this feels like another Dallas stomping. Really? See, I don't, I don't really think so. I think the commander's offense, you know, can be a threat. I believe if they stay in third and short, you know, they'll have a chance to compete a little bit before Dallas pulls away. Because if they're in third and long the whole game, for sure, it'll be another route. It'll be a huge route, and Dak, Dak could get the ball. You know, it'll be three and out, and Dak could get the ball constantly, and he'll get to rack up yards and have fun. But I think this commander's offense can be a threat to them. If they, like I said, if they can stay in first and manageable, Third and short. I think this could be some sort of an entertaining game. I just want to see an entertaining game. I'm tired of seeing blowouts because we all know the Cowboys at the end of the day, they're not this good. Not as good as they're looking right now. They prove, At least they haven't proven it yet. I guess they're a hell of a lot better than Tommy DeVito. I mean, no offense, yeah. Tommy, this but is, the Commanders <laughs> just allowed Tommy true. DeVito to complete 69% of his passes for 11.2 yards per completion. That's Yikes. what that Washington defense allowed from the Giants' backup quarterback. This commander's defense, for years, I always heard, it's the strength, it's the strength. They might be the best defense in the league, right? We would come into the season and they would underperform. Well, this season, they've gotten progressively worse throughout this entire 10-game stretch here. They traded away key pieces of their pass rush. The secondary simply does not have the personnel now to hold up in coverage. It is an ugly defense, and it is facing a Dallas Cowboys team that is clicking at all the right time. I mean, CeeDee Lamb looks unstoppable. That Dax CD Lamb connection. Once they figured out that they can actually throw down field to him, they've been utilizing mm-hmm. that. Everything about this Cowboys offense looks like it's cooking when they need to be cooking. Now, yes, they've been beating up on the little guy, but also yeah. I think that this is one of those scenarios where they might take the opportunity to beat up on <laughs> beat up on some guys. more little guys. Yeah, I just I just got to like. be careful when Dallas is good. I I just know, it. like Stephen A. be saying, just wait. 
just wait. And so There's, I'm just right. I'm just going to wait. I can't I it's hard for me to get hyped for the Cowboys. I cuz I know at the end of the day something goofy is going to happen. Right. And listen, if you're a betting person, like that's where your money is, right? Like year in and year out. That's not about Dallas right now or about Dak, right? That's just if you were going to guess whether they're going to find themselves in a Super Bowl, the safe money bet would be no. <laughs> they're not right. going to because they never ever do, even when they all, you know, when they have the talent in the roster to do it. And whether that's Mike McCarthy, the clock management, Dak underperforming, whatever, the running game, the the lack of a number one for a little while there when they're, you know, getting rid of their pieces and yada. Yaddy, yaddy, all the all the narratives here over the last mm-hmm. couple of years with Dallas. So Stephen A is going to ride that train as long as Stephen A ride that train. Uh, it's worked out so well. Maybe one day it won't. Maybe this is the day that it won't. The 49ers at Seahawks. 49ers, big favorites in this one. Gino banged up. I think he's going to play Kenneth Walker out. I mean, the Niners look like a team that they're rolling again. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think the Niners are going, especially if the quarterback, Gino, if he doesn't play, I think the Niners are going to go ahead and Rattle them, get them out of there. I think Purdy is starting to find this stretch again. Yeah, again. I, what a weird team. Like, I'm I'm old enough to remember when they had that little stumble where all of a sudden they went from, like, the best team to one of the worst teams, and all of a sudden now they're one of the best teams again. It's a weird thing, that 49ers stretch. I think we're past it. They stubbed their toe, but they're back at it. I think it's going to be too much for the banged-up Seahawks to handle. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, presented to you by Progressive Insurance for Motorcycles, Boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save. 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Is Dak actually playing his best football ever? He set the bar pretty high in that rookie season. We'll get into that. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Edition unlike any other, I'm not talking about Turkey on Thanksgiving. I'm talking about NFL football. Part of that tomorrow, Commanders at Cowboys, 4.30 p.m. kickoff. Let's bring in some help to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Todd Archer, ESPN Cowboys reporter, joining us here on Amber and Ian Norris Cole, filling in for Ian tonight. And Todd, thanks so much for your time. Let's start out talking about the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, because that's where we normally start anyways. But right What's now... His name again? Yeah, right. But right now, Todd, <laughs> right now that Dak Prescott, he actually deserves all the attention. Is this the best football he's ever played in his career? You know, if, if it's not the best, it might be the second best. If you go back to the start he had in 2021, the first six games, they're five and one. He's got 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. He, he throws an overtime touchdown pass to CD Lamb. They beat the Patriots, hurts his calf on the play, misses the next game. And wasn't the same after that, but is right up there w- with that one. And and it's it's a little different than then because now 
he's using his legs again, and it's not using his legs to to run and and be Mississippi State Dak Prescott, but using his legs to buy time, get plays down the field to Lamb, to uh, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, guys like that, and, and Jake Ferguson, their tight end. So he's it, it's definitely the 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 best stretch since then. And look, if he runs the table here these next three home games. It might be, he almost have to call it the, the best stretch he's ever had. Todd Archer, ESPN Cowboys reporter. How you doing? This is Norris. Hey, Norris, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. So with Dak playing the best ball he's played, you know, in years, this narrative that the Cowboys can only beat the bad teams, you know, they've gone on the street the last three weeks of, you know, domination. What do you think? Is it fair to have that narrative that the Cowboys can only beat bad teams? I, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's fair. I just think it, it is what it is at this point because the two good teams that they've played, San Francisco and Philadelphia, they've lost to. Now, Dak played great in that Philadelphia game, and and really the Cowboys came out of that one feeling confident about themselves because they can point to two, three plays where really just inches separated them from, from winning that game and walking out of there with a win. So um, they'll have their chance, though, to prove – that they are among the NFL's elite because after Thanksgiving, they go Seattle, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. Mm. It's a pretty good run right there. And and if Dak continues his stretch, you'd have to think that he'd get, he would either be in the MVP conversation or even be even more in the MVP conversation. But, in, in, you know, until the – I push back a little bit on the – they haven't beaten anybody. True, all true – but they're just waxing these bad teams, right? I mean, it's just, you know, the, the, the closest game that they played was the Chargers, 20-17 to 17 or something like that. But mm-hmm. all these other ones are 20-point-plus wins for Dallas. So they, they're putting the hurt on these guys and not just scraping by the bad teams. I, I feel the pain of the Dallas Cowboys fan with that narrative. As a Miami Dolphins fan, I think it's the stupidest narrative yeah. in football. Uh, you can only control who's on your schedule. <laughs> but I Dallas is not. The Dolphins. I was holding that out. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys are not going to have an opportunity though to prove otherwise tomorrow because they are playing. In fact, the Washington Commanders. Four thirty p.m. kickoff on Thanksgiving. Why are the Forty ers Todd, seemingly Dak Prescott's kryptonite? Yeah, it's it's there are a lot of teams kryptonite first, right? I mean, they they've but for the Cowboys and how they want to play offensively, they just match up well against them. They, they, their front is strong, obviously, and and it got stronger with the addition of of Chase Young. Uh, Fred Warner has played some of the best games I've seen linebackers play against the Cowboys. Uh, he he's all over the field, and on the back end, they they match up well too, and. The playoff games, right? We think about, okay, yeah, San Francisco won. Those are one-score games where the Cowboys had chances to either tie or win late in the fourth quarter with as bad as they had played offensively uh, in both of those games. Now, the regular season game, the 42-10 to loss up there a few weeks ago in San Francisco, uh, among the worst games I've seen the Cowboys play in, uh, you know, years, let's just say. And I I wonder now if it's in their head, and it's funny, like, the Cowboys, the way this is shaping up, the Cowboys have won 12 straight at home. AT&T Stadium's kind of playing a, becoming a hard place to play. They might not even get a home game for the playoffs with the way this thing's going because Philadelphia doesn't look like they're coming back to the pack. So if the Cowboys want to do some damage, they're going to have to go to San Francisco or, or, or go to Philadelphia and, and win a game up there. And it, it's been quite a while since the Cowboys have won a huge playoff game 
on the road and I'm searching in my head and I really can't think of one. And I can't call Tampa last year a win because a huge win because Tampa wasn't very good. Um, but I, I mean, I wonder if you got to go back to the triplets era to find a, a huge road playoff win. <laughs> Speaking of Dak and his success this year, part of that is their down the field passing game without so many interceptions. And that means he has to have somebody to throw to this guy, CD lamb. Talk about his extension this year, you know, and taking it to the next level as a number one this year, as a number one receiver. Yeah, and it's really started, you know, they they, they let go of Amari Cooper last year, and CD's numbers said he was a number one, and I think this year he's taken an even uh, bigger jump. And it's really the jump has started from that San Francisco game where he was upset on the sidelines, to put it mildly, I guess. You know, really didn't want to talk to anybody, stayed away from people. And, and you're seeing a guy that, can do damage outside, do damage inside. Even last week, they lined him up in the backfield and gave him a carry. There, there's so many different ways that they can get him the ball that make him a matchup nightmare. And he's bigger than a lot of people think. And, and so that makes him a, a tough matchup for, for slot guys. And he's faster than, than some people think, which make him, makes him a tough matchup outside. He and Dak have put in so much work over the years. And, and CD, one thing he told us at training came, he's like, I've never had a full season with Dak. Just wait if we have a full season together. We're seeing the rewards of that so far this season. And, you know, CD's, he's has more catches through 10 games than any Cowboys receiver. Go back to Michael Urban and Jason Witten, two pretty good players, right? Uh, he, he's certainly having his best season, and, and all the work he and Dak have put in are paying, is paying off. Yeah, it's amazing what can happen when your quarterback's healthy, able to be at training camp, and also you figure out that you can, in fact, throw it downfield to that weapon. Todd Archer, ESPN Cowboys reporter, joining us here on Amber and Ian Norris Cole, filling in for Ian tonight. You mentioned there, Todd, their 12-game home winning streak. You have an article on the .com today where you reveal the secret to the Cowboys' success, and you don't say that it's the environment at AT&T Stadium. You say it's the beds. Do they need to stay at nicer places on the road? What's happening? <laughs> well, they're staying at nice hotels, trust me, but I think everybody enjoys their own bed more than, more than a hotel bed, and that's something Absolutely. that Dak joked about, obviously being a sleep number spokesman. He's going to tout a sleep number, but uh, for, for the road, you know, home games, a lot of teams stay in a local hotel before to, to get away, to, to kind of seclude yourselves and stay away from the noise. But this year, and really going back to their last home loss, uh, Tampa Bay at home to kick off last season, Mike McCarthy's allowed them to stay in their own beds. And the players, I believe, that's been a big reason why that, that they've done well at home because they're, they're rested, they're refreshed. And when they get to the stadium, they have a lot more energy and focus. That's something that Demarcus Lawrence told me. So, uh, it, it's it's interesting to see like a regimented way that the NFL goes about it, that Mike McCarthy has given these guys his freedom, and I think they enjoy it, and they want to make sure that they don't mess it up. So everybody's following the honor curfew, and, you know, heck, it's working this year for sure. They've outscored opponents 160-50 to 50 in four home games. Todd Archer, ESPN Cowboys reporter. We've talked a lot about Dak and the offense, but it's two sides of the ball. Let's talk about that defense. Coming into the year, it was a lot of hype. Michael Parsons and the defense and how historically great they could be. You know, they had some hiccups early in the road, but how important is this defense, you know, with their success and going forward and maybe even making it to the Super Bowl? Yeah, it it, it is still the strength of their team, despite what the offense has done here lately. And what's funny is they've not, you hate to say it, but they've not missed Trayvon Diggs. Deron Bland, his replacement, has four pick sixes 
uh, ties an NFL record. One more, and he'll set the record. Micah Parsons, 10 sacks again, uh, you know, and, and looking like Micah Parsons. It, it's just really a complete unit. If there's one worry, it is their run defense, and that was a worry last year, previous year, kind of how they, how they handle these run games going forward. Miami, good run game. Detroit, good run game. Philadelphia, obviously, good run game. They're going to have to show some fight against the run and be better against the run, but they can get after the quarterback and pressure the quarterback with Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler, all these guys that can come at you, and they can take the ball away. I mentioned Deron Bland, but they got Stephon Gilmore still playing at a high level. Their safeties are doing a good job as well. They've missed Leighton Van Der Esch to a degree, but they've kind of overcome his loss as well. Uh, Dan Quinn knows how to get these guys in positions to make plays. And just as much as that five-game stretch that I talked about earlier for Dak is going to be big, it's going to be equally as big for the defense if the Cowboys want to be taken seriously as a playoff team. Todd, on your way out, favorite Thanksgiving dish not named turkey? Favorite Thanksgiving dish not named turkey? I got to go with – boy – I was ready you to were give ready you an for answer. All the Cowboys like, question. What about that? <laughs> um, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. My wife isn't. I'm gonna make sure my wife's listening uh, before I say this. Uh, she makes a corn casserole that is unbelievable. So I'm gonna suck up to my wife on Thanksgiving. And say it's her, her corn casserole is my favorite non-turkey dish. But I'd probably say stuffing before, uh, but I'm trying to be nice to my wife. Just, just have her turn off her radio right before you say the last part. A smart man sucking up to the wife. Todd Archer, ESPN Cowboys reporter. Thanks, Todd. You got it, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you, Todd. So you have to make sure that you always suck up to the wife first, especially tomorrow. If your wives are busy cooking or if your husbands are busy cooking, everybody make sure that they appreciate their families on Thanksgiving. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we appreciate all of you tuning in. Norris Cole filling in for Ian tonight. Tom Brady is not a huge fan of the NFL product right now. He calls it mediocre. We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, I don't know if Tom Brady wants an encore or wants more of what he's been watching in the NFL. 
since he retired. He had some harsh criticism of the play right now in the NFL. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can always hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. Norris Cole is filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. So Mr. Tom Brady, who needs no introduction, he was on the Stephen A. Smith podcast. And he was asked about the state of today's NFL. Here he is. I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And ho- Why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. Mediocre. He blames coaching. He blames the development of players. It's a mediocre product that he's watching. Mm-hmm. Norris, are you surprised to hear these words from Mr. NFL himself, Tom Brady? You know what, Amber? I'm not surprised because Tom was one of those guys that was a perfectionist. He was truly all about the details of the game, and that's one of the reasons why he had so much success. And then he mentioned in there, not just the coaches, but the rules. The rules where guys can't get hit, it allows receivers to – not be as detailed on their routes, not get the depth that they need to get. It used to be if you didn't run a perfectly angled comeback or a perfectly angled curl route or a perfectly angled post route, you would get your head knocked off. So that was practice, and that was going over at a nauseum in practice. Peyton Manning, same way. He would go over every detail to make sure that ball placement, foot placement, body placement was intact. Now, as we can see, You know, you have quarterbacks not on the same page as receivers because of footwork of the quarterback and footwork of the receiver. You have guys, the way they tackle and the way they hit, you can tell that they don't work on tackling anymore. Part of that is because they can't, but the other part of that is coaching development. And so I agree with Tom. I think that it's um, not – it's not – everyone's not mediocre, but as a majority, yes, it's definitely, you know, mediocre play out there. And, See, and that's why it takes the young guys so long to develop. This feels like such an old man take to me because first <laughs> of all, Tom Brady's been retired for a year and he's out here already back in my day, you know, back in my day, we were so much better than this. And, and that's what happens to everybody. Norris, everybody no, back in 40, their day, he was the 43 and won so- Super Bowl. Come on. But we hear this all the time. Like all the old timers. This is what we always hear. I mean, you're, you're an NBA champ. You know how everybody talks about how the league used to be and how soft it is today. And guys it swapping is. and nobody true. playing defense today and the load management today. And back in my day, yeah, everybody played so much harder and they worked <laughs> on their fundamentals so much more. The reality is the game always changes, though, right? I mean, generations change, the game changes, and the rules change. And in the NFL, that's such a huge part of this because the NFL – looked at a product, and in part had to make it safer. So that's number one. And by the way, Mr. Tom Brady benefited from a lot of those yes, rule changes because because of him, you can't breathe near the quarterback, okay? So yes. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people that would insult that change during his generation from the previous generations before him. But also, the NFL looked at the product and realized that offense sells. And so that's part of it. But now defenses have really stepped up their games, 
quarterbacks have to get the ball out in record time. You have to read these really complicated schemes. And I think offensively, the schemes also are incredibly complicated. I thought it was funny, though, that he references coaching isn't as good. Well, okay, but his head coach is still there and still coaching and still doing things the same way. And And by the way... Right. And by the way, it doesn't look as good. So is it the coaching? Is it the development as all of a sudden? Like, was it a little shot that he just took at, at Bill Belichick? Because I, I, it almost felt like it to me. I'm not sure if he wanted to be a shot, but he probably looked back and thought like, hey, maybe it is a shot because Belichick hasn't looked good since he left, since Tom Brady left. Right. I also think that the league is a little bit mediocre, though I agree with him, because there's still some tension in how guys want to play. Because the defenses have gotten better, half of the league has transitioned knowing that we have to have mobile quarterbacks. But then Mm -hmm. you have another half or less than half of the league that's still trying to hold on to that traditional quarterback. That day and age is over with. If you don't have a mobile quarterback with these fast defensive ends, these fast 300-pound tackles that can run like running backs, if you don't have a mobile quarterback back there, he better be Tom Brady or it's over. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the reason why it's it's mediocre because I don't know if these coaches know how to coach mobile quarterbacks because before that was a negative. A guy who was a mobile quarterback was known as a negative. Now your franchise quarterback better be mobile. Mm -hmm. So I think that has to do with some of the mediocrity because some of the coaches – are stuck in their own ways, and they're not staying up on the times. It's kind of like with the running back position. I think we're going to end up seeing a transition with the running back position here over the next generation where everybody's Mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey, right? Like everybody's out here doing it 50 different ways. They can all catch the balls. They can all run. They can all, like their receiver, their running back, they're everybody, right? And... It's it's been like that with the quarterback position over time where they had to add more to their arsenal, more skills to their arsenal. Absolutely. Tom Brady came up at a time when you could just sit in a pocket. And the coaches also, that's how the scheme was designed. And he kind of benefited from the fact that by the time that changed on him, because, yes, he was still playing when that changed, and he's still mm-hmm. playing in the mobile quarterback era. But playing by the well. time. Right, but by the time that changed, Norris, he was so developed that he can read defenses in one and a half seconds. And so he had the advantage of being an expert by the time that sort of changed on him, which I don't know if he his career would have looked quite the same if the mobile quarterback had been where it was back. And if defenses, and, and, and that's really what it is. It's that D-line, like you said. It's the athleticism now of those dudes. If it had been like that when he started his career, who knows what it would have looked like? Because that's what you're seeing a lot of these young quarterbacks battle now, where they don't have time to develop quite literally. Not do they not just have time because, you know, we expect them to develop and you're only going to get two or three years to show that you're the guy, but they don't have time behind their O-lines to develop because the D-lines that they're facing are so darn good and they have to make their reads so fast. And a lot of these guys don't necessarily have the processing. The C.J. Strouds of the world don't don't agree with that, but you're seeing, you know, other guys certainly struggle with that. What about the offensive line coaching, though? Because I still, they were hitting harder when time was paying. He he was yeah. playing with – he knew not to run. It wasn't just because he couldn't run. If he would have run, they would have literally took his helmet off. Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and them would have took his helmet straight off. So I think the coaches coached the protection. Like they used to take days, literal whole days of offensive line protection and the quarterback knowing how to call the protection. 
Now it seems like it take a quarterback three years to learn that. So that right. has to be that has to be coaching. Yeah, that some has of to it's be coaching. Right. Some of it's the complexity of it all as well. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't understand the O line thing. Uh, the O lines seemed like have they? I, I guess just the D lines have gotten better, but the O lines haven't improved at the same pace. And that goes back to. College. I know statistically in college, when you pull the O-line numbers across the FBS, it is it leaves a lot to be desired with the development of those guys. And I, you know, I I don't understand O-line play to like the nitty gritty expert level of it all, obviously, which is required by these O-line coaches. So I I don't know how to evaluate O-line coaches if we're really doing it fairly. But it feels like to me that somehow there's some deficiencies there. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, the Steelers finally made a change at OC. Speaking of deficiencies, but what happens moving forward?